My future is rosy, so don't be a prick. I'm an expert at dating and I'm ready to commit. It's Andy's Girls. It's an all-new episode with a new guest to the People's People's Couch. Someone who's scandal content, scandal expertise, scandal psych 101 has me very, very excited to chat. Listen, you know this guest as an award-winning podcast host, TV personality, and best-selling author whose credits include the mega-hit Vile Files, also known as the Vile Files, depending on who you ask, a weekly multi-episode podcast that discusses relationships, pop culture, providing real and unfiltered dating advice, and author of Don't Text Your Ex, Happy Birthday, and other advice on love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Andy's Girls, Nick Vial. Nick, how are we? I'm great, Sarah. How are you? I'm so good. Listen, I have to tell you. I'm so excited to chat with you because I have been watching your interviews, your sit downs and your reactions to all things Scandaval. And I am so impressed with the nuance and emotional connection with which you're discussing everything that Bravo fans and even people new to Bravo are deeply invested in. So I have to ask, are you new to all things Vanderpump Rules? Have you been a recent viewer? Were you attracted to it because of the scandal, Or had you been watching prior to shit hitting the fan? Season 10 is my first season uh, watching Vanderpump. Um, I've been familiar with the show for a long time. Obviously, live in LA for eight years. I've had the opportunity to meet some cast uh, members from the show, um, some positive interactions, some not so positive interactions, um, some of which have become friends. And yeah, I, I you know, obviously with uh, my show, The Vile Files, you know, we like to get into uh, various reality TV and pop culture topics. And I always in the back of my mind, I wanted to check out Vanderpump because I had heard from many people, like, it's a really great show. Mm. Um and then I got to know Katie Maloney a little bit. And, um, you know, obviously with her divorce from Tom, I, I was a little more invested because I had Katie on, I, you know, we went, Nellie and I went to Vegas with Katie and uh, Ariana. Uh, well, we, we ran into each other there and we hung out and got to know each other. And Katie came on my podcast and I hadn't seen the show, but I was familiar with the divorce. So we were talking about it a little bit. So then when season 10 came out and the scan of, uh, came out i i watched it and i was immediately hooked it's <laughs> it isn't it is it is awesome it is what i love about vanderpump is that i feel like it's a it, you know it's just a little more gritty and a little more real you know like you know obviously i'm a bachelor alum a bachelor fan uh big love is blind fan and you know those kind of like stage structured kind of competition dating shows are, are certainly a lot of fun. I really like them, but they're, they, they don't kind of get into the, like the nitty gritty real world type of situations that Vanderpump offers you. Right. Um, and these kind of friendship dynamics and there's relationship dynamics. And, you know, I, I, we're going to go back and, and watch uh, my team season, like one of Vanderpump and start recapping it on the show uh, just because I'm, such a fan of it but um you know like having met lala and 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 katie and you know certainly have lots of fans you know telling me oh well you got to go back and watch because they did this and they did that and it's just like yeah i'm sure they did you know uh but i also like how you're seeing people like katie and lala um kind of talk about their past you know transgressions and mistakes and you see that growth and you you know so i love what what i love about vanderpump is you see half of the cast kind of being self-reflective and yeah. and seeing this opportunity for growth. And you see this other part of the cast kind of still living in this like delusional land of like, you know, Hey, you know, whatever it's Hollywood. Um, and that dynamic I find really fascinating and fun. And I'm, I'm definitely hooked. I, first off, I mean, kudos to you in the words of a New York city housewife for being a part of all things Scandaval joining season 10, I have to say that experience has to be slightly gangbusters because 
you're starting with this thing with the knowledge that this thing happened that CNN's covering. Yeah. The New York Times is tweeting what's a Vanderpump, you know, like read a page A12 and we'll give you more information. So when you're preparing for interviews with cast members, especially in light of what's going on on and off camera right now, how are you preparing for those moments having not necessarily seen episodes from seasons one through nine though it sounds like you're doing a rewatch which I can't wait to um, yeah. bear witness to but how do you prepare for those conversations or do you say let's start with where you are now and then work back a little bit of that you know I certainly do the homework um that is required but you know I try to you know anytime I talk to anyone I guess on my show especially if it's a reality tv star character however you want to describe them you know the thing about reality tv and i know firsthand is that you know we it, you can get very kind of characterized car caricaturized so to speak you get siloed and and you can you in a, in some ways can be dehumanized by you know what the fans want to think of you by whatever story they're telling and so I just try to create like an atmosphere um, and I owe, you know, of, of, of comfortability. And I kind of want to talk to them as friends, as human beings and, and just kind of ask them, you know, I just want to, I kind of find a question I want to start with and, and see where it goes. Um, and just, you know, and know, have do, do enough homework where I know the right questions to ask, but you know, I want to create a, a, a comfortable environment to, to get them to open up, so to speak and, and be, you know, their truest selves and, and, you know, kind of get it. And I, I, I wanted to create an atmosphere where we're just kind of gossiping and, and talking and, and creating a space where, well, what about this? Let you know, that doesn't quite make sense or, oh, that's really interesting. Tell me more and just kind of peel back the layers. So it's just kind of trying to have a conversation um, and trying, you know, my hope is that anyone listening they feel like they're in the room with us you know kind of just listening into a conversation of two friends at a bar talking about a juicy topic that's always been the goal so i try to be kind of present and locked in with my guest and i want to be open to where the conversation can go rather than you know make sure that hey well uh i, I gotta bring up something that happened from three season three or something like that you know i you know especially with reality TV stars, you know, we have our scars, so to speak. We always have fans bringing up past stuff that they remember. And that, that can sometimes create a, a less than comfortable atmosphere. So I, I, the more comfortable my guests are, the more, the more open they are and the, the more given they are with their points of view and their stories. You definitely bring to the conversation, obviously, that lens of experience, which you're talking about, and certainly the lens of empathy, which creates an environment in, in which people can be more honest, either about the production of it all or just about how they're feeling, including to the reactions they may receive, which are oftentimes yeah. negative, because when you're talking about reality TV... I think often people focus on and are, are attracted to the archetype. How does that influence how you're watching these shows? Because you have with you a breadth of experience from participating in reality TV and also being friends with people in a lot of different kinds of reality TV. Is it a distraction to know how the sausage is made or does that help you appreciate more of the story? Uh, a little bit of both. I try to find the balance. There are definitely times I catch myself more watching it as a fan and kind of being like, Oh my fuck. Yeah. Whoa, holy shit. You know, like, um, and then sometimes, you know, like there are times with Vanderpump, to be honest, like I, there are scenes where I'm like, this, this feels very scripted. Um, you know, like for example, like with, um, um, Sheena's wedding, yeah. you know, like to me, the whole Katie, and Sheena of it all at the wedding. It's just like, you know, they have to make a TV show. Uh, so Katie kind of needs to be there. So how do we bring Katie there? That makes some kind of sense. So, you know what I'm saying? And then like, oh, hey, let's have Katie and Lala go to a restaurant. Well, let's make sure we give the signage to the restaurant and talk about, <laughs> what, you know, it's like, you know, and it's like, it's fine, you know, but like, 
Um, so there are moments like that where I'm just like, okay, like, you know, I, I know how the sausage is made, but the conversations that they're having, you know, the passion that they feel like, you know, I, I'm not like besties with either of them, but I consider Sheena and Katie a friend. I, I, uh, friends, I like them both. Like I, um, and like, I, I've texted them both. I mean, I'm always like, can you guys just like get along, you know? And like, uh, and it's like. I'm not, I don't like insert myself or anything because I, I they, they, there's a lot of history there I I have no idea about but you can tell like the you know the the friction between the two like definitely bleeds outside of the show it's not disingenuous there's there's definitely like you know a, not a lot of love going on between the two of them so like those 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 feelings are authentic the you know the reactions that these pe the cast members have with one another those are authentic, you know, how they, how they conduct it in the manner, you know, those obviously I, I can, I, sometimes I'm pretty aware that, yeah, this is a very staged situation, but it is what it is. Well, that's also kind of the friction or the, the land of misbelieve that some of us find ourselves in because the tension can be real. You can really be like, I don't yeah. want to fuck with this person. I've had some sort of feeling of animosity for years, but then maybe that person through the course of their confessionals or press or whatever is focusing less on like the interpersonal relationships and more in the situation. Like you're going to, why are you going to my fucking wedding resort if we're not getting along? And the through line is because Maybe you're being paid per episode. Why would you skip a three episodes from your 15 episode season? Because you don't like each yeah. other. Maybe production didn't give you a choice. And maybe this is, you know, which Katie got into on your uh, episode with her. Like, there are so many different dynamics in place um, that are the result of filming, spoiler alert, a reality TV show. There has to be sort of, if I was Katie in those situations, listening to Sheena maybe focus on the fact that like why was she there when you both know the answer yeah there is like, that little bit of like go fuck yourself like why don't you just say we don't like each other why are you focusing on that thing that we both know the answer to yeah exactly so it's 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 fascinating how they even to that point it's kind of fascinating how cast will then choose to react to a situation they have no choice and like how do they internalize it and how do they project that out to the audience it's very fascinating and um yeah it's like the nitty-gritty of vanderpump i find to be like top-notch compared to you know for example the bachelor which is like tell me your sad story and you know i'm in love and blah 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 and well the stakes are also different because you come from the bachelor world then there's love is blind both of which seem to have very high stakes in the idea of like this is who you may want to spend the rest of your life with, but they might not choose you and your life is therefore summarily over versus yeah. Vanderpump where the stakes can be like, is my significant other having an affair or am I not going to get this shift at a restaurant or am I going to like fuck around and find out with someone that I thought was my friend, but it's not exactly structured to be the same thing. How do you sort of figure that out in your head like the difference between the stakes in each universe being for two of the universes sort of similar but the other one completely opposite yeah i guess that's what fascinates me about vanderpump and i guess like while i haven't really got into the housewives yet but um i imagine that i might i might dabble um it's really fascinating and i've asked myself this question because it's like there's a part of me that like for example, like when I was on The Bachelor um, and I was like halfway through my first season and I had developed, you know, what felt like real feelings for Andy at the time, you know? So I knew I was feeling these intense feelings, but I also had the self-awareness to know that I was in this kind of very controlled environment, this bubble. I knew I was a highly competitive person. So like, I was just like, I know I have these feelings, but I can't, I, I can't discern the difference between, you know, how genuine they are versus, you know, the effect that this environment is having on me. So it was just like, well, I'll just kind of go with it. But I, I, I certainly was self-aware enough to know that I didn't know the answer. And I, when I watch Vanderpump, I, I can't help but wonder if, you know, these casts, you know, they've been in the show for so long and 
the show very much is such a huge part of their life. And I can't help but wonder if they sometimes have a hard time telling the difference between are they making decisions for themselves or are they making decisions for the show? And do they all do they do they always know the difference? And I wouldn't shock me if like at times like they don't realize because it's a very powerful thing, you know, it's it is and it is their livelihood, you know, and so to try to make these, you know, and their lives are the show, you know, and so every decision they must make on some level they have the show in the back of their mind. And I find that truly to be fascinating. And I'm sure for different cast members, it's different. I'm sure some are better at separating it than others, but just knowing that's always in the back of their mind, I just find to be really interesting and really fascinating because like, like on The Bachelor, Love is Blind, you know, once you're out of the bubble, you're out of the bubble, you know? Yeah, your decisions about like your life and you might be thinking about like, how are people gonna respond? to this post and certainly you're everyone's worried about their brand i get that but they're not necessarily worrying about every decision they make having to potentially talk about it on the next season of vanderpump and i find it to be really interesting do you watch the show succession are you a succession yes. kind of person okay I, so, uh, yeah it's my number one favorite show i can't get over it I've, I've seen it as background music i literally have played seasons just on a loop can't get enough there was a new yorker piece i don't know if you read it it came out i want to say in the last year with jeremy strong who plays kendall and it was a it became a viral piece it did not it either did an awful lot for people who had ideas about how uh jeremy is kind of behind the scenes or not it it was a talking piece for a while and a part of the piece was the interviewer, the journalist saying, like, I don't know who I'm talking to now. I don't know if I am talking to the actor playing a part or the character yeah. pretending to be an actor in this moment, but it's all a part of, like, life's a stage. And I found myself watching the Scandoval interview with Howie and and Sandoval and wondering that to myself a little bit in how, exactly as you're saying, Tom seemed to respond to things about like his relationship with his life partner of nearly a decade by talking about her as a brand. And I'm thinking to myself, are you doing that because you're so inside this world that you're only thinking of her in relation to yeah. you two connected together? Or are you doing that because in thinking of her as a brand and sort of in removing the humanity of who Ariana is, it makes it easier for you to cheat maybe i mean i really i really think i don't like judging people on reality tv that i haven't met it's like uh i really try not to it is really really hard for me to think that tom sandoval is anything other than just a giant piece of shit you know <laughs> i was about to say i've watched your show you seem to have developed a great opinion but one that that comes to the brim pretty easily it, yeah i mean it's like but you like the howie mandel episode is a perfect yeah. example it's just like you know to hear tom sandoval talk with such passion and 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 feel so righteous to criticize ariana for even considering quitting the show keeping in mind that when he was essentially talking about a conversation that him and ariana had like in the heat of the moment, finding out that he, Tom wants to break up with her or that he's been fucking her friend. And the fact that that was his like go-to thought, right? That that she had the nerve to even consider like leaving the show to like protect her mental health. Like he he was beside himself. And like you could hear in his voice that he truly felt justified to feel that way. You know, he felt justified to think that like, well, Ariana's selfish because like the first time something happens to her, she wants to quit and consider. And he's like, and she's, he's lecturing her that she's not considering how this is going to impact everyone else. And it's just like, holy shit, Tom, like, have you looked, I mean, I know you've looked in the mirror, Tom, cause like, you know, you love how you look, but like, he hasn't really looked <laughs> through, you know, the, the person that he's looking at to like ever think about like the, the, the whole time he was doing this is he thinking about anyone else or was in the back of my mind he's thinking well if i get caught this is going to be great for the show so you're welcome you know like 
I just think he's completely disconnected from reality and, and his ability to truly, you know, what matters to Tom Sandoval, you know, I think is just, I, I think the best, the best case you can make for Tom Sandoval is that he just, he's so disillusioned with what is reality, you know, that maybe he thinks he's well-intentioned, but as far as he's concerned, as long as the show's doing well, that he's benefiting everyone else involved in the show, you know, in a weird kind of crazy way. But that, that's the best case I can make for Tam Sandoval, just not being a giant piece of shit and just not caring about anyone else but himself. I don't even think that's true. I think at the end of the day, it is the latter. You know, again, this is a guy who borrowed a quarter of a million dollars from family oh members and then decided to just like fuck off and play cover band while like everyone else was trying to like, you know, operate a restaurant. Like he, he just has no sense of responsibility or purpose. And as I've said on my show, you know, they're just the fun guys, you know, if, you know, nothing matters to them if they're not having fun and if they're having fun, then they can start considering, you know, other people, but not unless they're having a good time. They also seem to think that it's a sign of disloyalty to enforce boundaries or hold someone accountable. Like they seem yeah. to be both of them, both Toms seem to be really passionate in saying like, if you were a better partner, you either wouldn't express how you feel. So I don't have to pretend to listen or you would support me, especially when I make bad choices, which. Yeah. I mean, that's, something. that seems to be very Schwartz. Right. And I've been messaging with Schwartz where he says he's going to come on, but not till the end of May. I think he's hoping this all down dies down. <laughs> oh God um, bless his heart. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think so. Either way, I'm going to bring it back up. Um, but <laughs> Yeah. I do. I do think there's hope for Swartz, though. I I do. I do think, um, he's definitely the fun guy. Where I think like Sandoval really, I think he really doesn't give a shit about people. I don't even think. I think even Katie said it. I don't think he really even gives a shit about Swartz. You know, I do think Swartz gives a shit about Sandoval. I do think Swartz cares about loyalty on a certain way. I just think it's. You know, I don't know if he, I don't know if loyalty and romantic relationships is as important to him as his pals and his bros, but I still think he has a sense of loyalty that, that I don't think Sandoval actually has. I really think Sandoval is really just in it for Sandoval. Um, and I do, I do feel like Schwartz would um, sacrifice on some level himself for friends, you know? whether that was a right decision or not. I, I do think there's some hope for sports. I just, I just think he needs to kind of grow up. And I think he has to realize that um, sometimes being a friend is disappointing your friends. You know, sometimes being a friend is standing up to them and holding them accountable and, and saying to them, what, what are you doing? And sometimes being a good partner is, um, you know, supporting them, even if you don't agree with them. Um, I, yeah, I just I just think Schwartz has some growing up to do. And I think he is surrounding himself with people like Sandoval. Um, and I think he needs to surround himself with maybe, you know, higher quality people who elevate him rather than bring him down like Sandoval seems to do. But I don't know if he's going to want to access a higher level of quality because he had Ariana and he was like, I'm good. Like there's I think that Schwartz has more capacity than Sandoval does to mature emotionally, otherwise be more responsible, I would say, with some of his interpersonal dynamics. But like, does he want that? I don't know. He might not be interested in it. He might be able to access it, but you have to make that choice. And I don't see him doing it. I I would tend to agree. I, I wouldn't put good money on either of them to, to make drastic <laughs> changes. But bad money. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, like maybe I'm a little uh, in, in my in a perfect world, Swartz comes on my show and and I, I want to have like kind of a heart to heart guy chat with him and just be like, hey, man, like you seem like a, you remind me of a lot of friends I've had, like good guys, you know, like you can tell like as far as like guy friends, like Swartz is probably a good friend to have around a lot. You know, I could 
but like there are just like i'm like i just want to ask i'm like don't you don't you want to grow up like don't doesn't it bother you that people like certain people can't rely on you you know uh, like i just i want to ask him what it means to him to be a good partner or does he not want to does he want to be alone i mean tom swartz was the one who talked about like being a a statistic you know and i think it does bother him you know like you know he's a 40 year old guy who you know was married and with this really nice house and now he's like single and living in this apartment like no one no one likes to backtrack like that i mean that's gonna hurt your ego a little bit and so you know i'm curious you know what 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 kind of life does tom swartz want to have for himself like as someone who's about his age like you do start thinking about like you know, I'm glad I look good for my age and I like to have fun and I like to, you know, still do things I did 10 or 15 years ago. But there's also a thought of like, what's my life going to look like in five to 10 years? You know, and am I, am I setting myself up to have like the type of life I want 10 years from now? And it doesn't seem like the Toms have any thought about like, about that, you know, it's, they're just thinking about this week or next week. And they're just thinking about the next good time that they're having. And if Tom Swartz is really afraid about being a statistic, I would hope he'd want to make some drastic changes because this is going to look real bad when he's pushing 50. But maybe he's worried about being a statistic because he wants to say that out loud. Maybe he feels like that's the expectation is that he should feel bad about quote unquote being alone or not being in a committed relationship. But by all, you know, examples of his behavior, I don't think he wants that. He doesn't want someone to be a partner to him. I think he wants maybe a fan. Like, I don't even mean that literally, although I could. I, I think he, he just wants a si a, maybe a silent partner. I, I don't know. I don't see it. I, I kind of agree. I don't think he's necessarily looking for someone to... At, at at times hold them accountable or set certain standards and boundaries. I think he just kind of wants to come and go as he pleases. As I often say uh, on the show, like there are a lot of people out there who want to have a girlfriend, but don't want to be a boyfriend. And Tom Swartz does not want to be a boyfriend or a husband. He just wants to have a girlfriend or a wife. Um, and uh, yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luan? <laughs> and while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options. And it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. 
Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. That's also kind of the oddity of some of the plot this season, like the idea of, you know, I I don't want to be with Raquel. I just want to have fun and I'm not looking for anything right now when we're all focusing on the Raquel and Schwartz dynamic and maybe where Sandoval plays into that. But meanwhile... Schwartz is like living with someone in his apartment, a woman named Joe, who we're now only getting bits and pieces of. But that's where some of the reality here is confusing because he's saying one thing on camera. We're all pretending that this Raquel dynamic was real. But on the other hand, he's like literally living with someone named Joe in his apartment who he seems to be dating but we're not getting that part of his story at all yeah i I didn't even know about that who's he living with so there's this woman named joe who was um kristen doty's best friend for eight years until kristen and she uh stopped hanging out having something to do with schwartz and katie breaking up i guess and joe kind of stepping in but they're friends with benefits or boyfriend, girlfriend, or allegedly Joe is telling people that they're dating, but Schwartz is not. But it does kind of make someone make a person give a little side eye to the Raquel storyline, which doesn't necessarily feel organic, especially if you know in real time he may or may not be like literally living with another woman. Yeah. The the whole Tom Schwartz and Raquel storyline is it's just really bizarre given everything that's played out um also like that that and maybe you can shed some light on this having watched more seasons i i am blown away by the incestuousness of <laughs> all these people you know like you know they're all wonderfully looking good looking people but nonetheless you would just think that like 
they all live in LA. There's a bunch of people to date. Like they can't pop this camp. And that's the, you know, like, is that show related or is that person like, cause it's just like, Oh my God, there are just, there are other people to, to date <laughs> or there's other people to make out with, you know, I just, there are more than seven people living in LA. Is that the breaking news that you're announcing? I, it's just wild to me. And it's like, they, they, it's like they're all in high school and they're the only people there to date. And I guess, again, from a show element, I, maybe there's some, it's a little, it's, it's necessary to a certain extent, but that is that part that is wild to me. It's like where, you know, I, I, I can't imagine Katie, you know, she looks definitely, she looks sincerely bothered by the fact that Raquel and, and Tom made out, you know, and as she should, it's her ex-husband. There's a lot of feelings there, but yet like, it makes you wonder like how much of that is like, you know, like screw it. Hey guys, can you just make out and we'll get mad? You know, I, I can't really tell. And then the fact that like his buddy was literally having sex with her and doing all those things. I mean, not, I know like this week, but like the, the week, the week before where you had that shot of, of Sandoval, like grabbing Raquel's ass right in front of Ariana like with cameras around, like the brazenness of this guy is, is wild. It's just, he really, you know, maybe he wanted to get caught the whole time. I, I don't know. Um, he clearly, you know, like I said last week on my show, he, he clear Tom Schwartz does not think cheating's that bad, big of a deal. It's definitely an option for him. It's like, He's like, you know, my bad. I know I shouldn't do it. You know, like, I'm sorry. Honest mistake. You know, it's like. <laughs> honest mistake. <laughs> you know, that's how he treats it. He, 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 you know, he treats it as if like he accidentally cut off someone in line or he parked in someone's parking spot or it's just more of like, hey, man, like, yeah, I'm sorry. I, you know, I didn't realize my bad. You know, but, but like he's definitely gonna do it and again again. He's definitely gonna get into a relationship. And when that relationship like has its issues and he feels unseen and he doesn't feel validated and he doesn't feel loved and he's he's not getting the t attention or the sex that he thinks he deserves, instead of sitting down with his partner and saying, Hey, like, can we figure this out? Like, I'm just not I'm not getting what I need. No, he's just gonna go you know, throw his dick around and, and see who, uh, see who, you know, catches it, I mean, takes a bite, I guess. I don't know. Like, well, I feel like that's the, I mean, Sandoval and Schwartz are kind of even keeled in that sense where mistakes happen and let's just keep making yeah. them because we, we don't need to grow up because they will find someone or, or it doesn't even matter who they find. Someone will always be available to them yeah. to participate in the land of make believe. Yeah, there's like let's not kill the vibe. And then like you know, you know, did you see that TMZ? <laughs> kill the vibe. No, truly, they're just like, well, guys. I mean, like, I'm sorry, but like, can we not kill the vibe? Like, you know, like. Uh, uh, what TMZ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandoval was like, you know, cute. This TMZ guy who knows their every move. Yeah, funny how that works. These are pros, you know? These guys have been in the spotlight. They know how to get stopped by a TMZ person and ignore them, you know? It's a little awkward. If you don't know what you're doing, yes. It's, like, kind of hard not to answer their questions because they're so good at just kind of, you know, it feels rude, you know? And that's kind of how they get you up. But these guys know how to do it, right? And they know how to say, hey, man, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude. I'm running late. I just... You know, and then you find one thing to say over and over and over and you give him nothing. But like, you know, Sandoval gets caught at the airport and he's just like, you know, goes, he has a 10 minute conversation with this guy about how he just can't believe how his castmates keep perpetuating the story. And I'm thinking you're perpetuating the story, you know, like you're giving this interview for everyone to respond to. You should know better. And then, you know, the whole like wellness retreat thing that where he like lectured you know, the we wellness retreat. Yeah. It's just like they posted a photo of their bar with a caption that had the lyric of the theme song to Vanderpump. And like, yeah, you know, their social media intern who maybe got a little caught up and the else, you know, it was a kind of inappropriate, I guess. But like then Tom 
goes on his social media and posts this like lecture about how disappointed he is. <laughs> it's just like, you have no business talking about being disappointed in anyone. And then like, you know, like he just blows everything up because he just makes these, you know, it's like, he just, he can't help himself. You know, he just can't help himself, but bring more and more, more attention to himself rather than just like, let, like no one heard of Maryville. You know what I'm saying? Like no one cared. And no one certainly cared about their caption. You know, like, there's always going to be a handful of hardcore fans who are going to be upping your comments no matter what, you know? Uh, and even if there's 30 comments, that's not a lot in the grand scheme of things, you know? But these people, like, read this stuff and, like, lose their mind and feel like they have to, you know, respond to everything and all they do is amplify it pour a bunch of gasoline on it and then meanwhile he's out there being like why does everyone keep talking about this and it's just like because you keep talking about it you keep posting about it you keep lecturing other people about how they're handling it you're wearing name tags to coachella you're still performing like you're doing you're perpetuating this story and until he stops doing it people won't stop responding to it it's not rocket science I mean, well, he does think he has a PhD in this. And I think a part of that is because I think possibly from Sandoval's perspective, he's thinking like, this is thanks to me. Like you're not, people are not, people are taking this thing that happened because of me and they're winning as a result of it. And that doesn't seem fair. Like, I don't think it seems, I don't think that it, in Tom's in Sandoval's processing, I think he's thinking like, this is really unfair that other people are doing well as a result and not me. Because it's thanks yeah. to me. Totally. He's 100% thinking that. And like, I, you know, I, I guess I, I get it on some level, but if you want it to stop, stop. You know, don't give the people what they're looking for. He could fall off the grid for three weeks. You know, he could stop posting. You know, he, he doesn't, he, no, Certainly Bravo didn't want to give, didn't want him right. to give the Howie Mandel interview. He chose to give the Howie Mandel interview. Like, you know, stop, you know, just, just stop doing it. And, you know, but he can't, he can't help himself. Well, I think that's why he is who he is. I mean, he's yeah. the person who put out an apology, a notes app apology that like, I forget if the first one just truly didn't reference Ariana or it, was it like started with yes. a love letter to Schwartz and Sandus. It started with, hey, guys, you know, <laughs> which I was so into. I was like, I start every episode with you guys. And I was very hey guys. into that JV energy. I was like, yes, let's play soccer. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, it was just uh, wild stuff. So I I have to ask, you know, you've had several members of the cast on your show. You've extended an invite to Schwartz. You also mentioned on a recent episode that you had asked Sandoval and Raquel. You'd sort of like and tell me to go fuck myself if, if this is wrong. But like you'd message them together, I think, to invite them to come on your show. The the day I found out that Schwartz went on uh, Howie's, it was like the, the that morning of, you know, I try to pick my battles and I was like, you know, I, I've probably been pretty hard on these guys. So they're probably going to tell me to fuck off anyways, but, uh, but you never know. And so I just, for whatever reason, I didn't reach out to them. Um, and I kind of regret it, but who knows? I think he had a relationship with Howie anyways, but I reached out to, I DM'd them both in a group chat and said, Hey guys, I'd love to have you on together. Um, I think, you know, it give you an opportunity to just share your side of the story, talk about your relationship and then quickly, heard, you know, shortly thereafter, heard about the the Howie interview. And so then I just DM'd Raquel separately and just, you know, extended an invite saying, hey, like, I'd, I'd love to have you on. I, you know, I've, you know, her, I think her background story is fascinating. Uh, it's not an excuse for what she did, but mm -hmm. excuse me, it's not an excuse for what she did, but certainly it might help explain, you know, why Raquel is the way she is or why she makes some of the self-destructive choices that she seems to make. And I think, you know, I would love to have a conversation with her to see if like, you know, unlike Tom, Tom went on Howie Mandel's show and and to me, in my opinion, completely demonstrated that he just, he, it's, he's just not grasping this. He's not actually really sorry. Again, like, it's like, hey, my bad. But like, I'm curious. I'm curious if, you know, 
if Raquel sees this, uh, I'd love to have a conversation with her about like, you know, where, where she came from. How does she view this situation? What does she want to do with this situation? You know, how does she want to better herself and, you know, and see if she really understands, you know, the impact her choices had on herself and other people. And I, and I think it'd be a really interesting conversation. I have, I haven't got a response, but I guess she's, is she in Maryville too? Is it, do we know where she is? Well, okay. So she put out that, or her team rather, gave an exclusive to ET or whomever, saying that she was at a health facility. I forget the actual phrasing, but I did an episode about it. That she was at like some health facility, and then it turns out that maybe she was at Miraval, and they were being as strategic with their words as they were when she fired filed rather the TRO. And I did yeah. talk to somebody who is connected to the show who is like, she's she's always been at Miraval. She's never been anywhere else. So Yeah, because like what like what is a yeah. mental health facility? You know, right? I mean, if I go to like I could go to Cancun, pop a couple drinks, sit on the beach, and like, you know, I could be taking care of my mental health, you know? So like, you know, I think that I it, it to me it almost sounds like maybe that's the that's what's going on here is that she is focused on her mental health in a place that says, Hey, we have tarot cards in like med meditation rooms, you know? Um, so. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to, you know, shout out to Miraval, which is a very expensive place that a person can go to, to book some sort of wellness spot or retreat. I think good things can come from that. I, my problem with it is, understanding the like avalanche of negativity and toxicity that's been aimed her way, including I'm sure death threats, you know, slut shaming. There's a lot of stuff that's been leveled her way. And also including a lot of seemingly righteous anger about what's taken place. And if she needs to detach, disconnect, go for it. But her team once again decided to put out a very specifically worded statement using words that probably don't fit if she attended Miraval. Like I was saying this to somebody like if if I was on her team, if it's crisis comms or PR or whatever, don't put out a fucking statement. Just go to Miraval or whatever. Have the same paparazzi that you guys are contacting to do these outside nail salon, airport style conversations. Don't have anybody talk to you. Have someone do a like long lens photo release that and call it a day like these statements are not helping sort of establish a narrative that may be based in some level of honesty because you're being very specific in a way that's going to be corrected if the truth paints a different picture it's not a facility yeah. it's a spa it doesn't mean she can't be seeking some sort of help or assistance but it is not the kind of place they're painting a picture that it could be yeah, it does not. I, it, it, they, they're trying to paint a picture that she is taking this very seriously and really trying to better herself. And, and then as, as you, as information comes out, it just, it just kind of reeks of like, she's not, you know, she's just more taking a vacation and, and trying to sell, sell an image rather than live the image, so to speak. Um, but I also like, I heard that her PR team fired her. Um, so like who, if she has a team, I don't know who, who's on this team, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, I've, I've learned one thing in LA, you know, people can have a team and it, it might be your, like your cousin, you know, or <laughs> right. you know, there's yeah. a lot of people in LA who call themselves managers and publicists and they're, they're hardly any of those things. So, you know, I, I don't know who's on her team. Uh, and maybe she has a very accredited and wonderful and, 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 um, and, and good team, but like I, I heard her PR team dropped her. Um, and so whoever's giving her advice now, it wouldn't shock me if they are less than properly equipped to give her the advice that she might require in this moment. Well, it's also somewhat ironic that some of the advice that one might offer her is advice that she has given to others on this season of VPR. There's this whole thing that happened on the new episode with 
Oliver Garcelle, who's a Beverly Hills housewife's son. They hung out. They kissed. Turns out he said he was separated. Then his estranged wife says they're still married and they're trying to work it out. And how dare you? And she shows up at Lala's birthday party and says, I just want to apologize for calling you a mistress. Now I understand how easy it is to be misled by someone. And she's doing these confessionals where she's talking and crying and being very emotional and discussing how she's grown and as 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 a person she doesn't want to uh place her own value in how other people value her and these are things that people might say to her now if they were interested in having that kind of conversation noting she's already kind of said it to herself and she said it when she was filming the season while having the affair with Sandoval and she said it while she was filming confessionals many months after the affair had started. She's talking about how she's grown as a person. She's no longer finding, she's finding her own value in herself and not other people. And I'm wondering to myself, okay, let's take you at your word. When you're talking about how you're not allowing other people to value you or devalue you, are you only talking about women? Because it seems like some of this is a reaction to what to the shame or embarrassment or humiliation she felt by Lala, by Katie. And it's like, okay, noting that the person you really fucked here is Ariana, it's, it is an oddity to me noting the timing, all of this. Like, irony doesn't feel like a big enough word. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I, not to get into all psychology, sometimes people well. can, can, carpart, can carpartmentalize things, right? And so... Um, you know, maybe, maybe Raquel is someone who has experienced some level of childhood trauma that, you know, has required her to, you know, be able to put the blinders on with certain, certain things. And, you know, sometimes, and that's why when you have these certain situations that like, just like logic doesn't make sense, you're just like, how, how could she say this and do that all at the same time? Like she's, you know, um, and, you know, now we're throwing out words like narcissist and things like that so freely. And like, you know, I think this, a lot of us have a lot of scars and baggage that, you know, isn't resolved and a lot of childhood trauma. And like, you know, yeah, people to survive certain types of trauma, people do have to compartmentalize certain things and put those blinders on. And it's a it's a fight or flight mode. And so, you know, maybe that's what's going on with Raquel, where, you know, whatever, whatever has triggered her to to do what she's doing with Sandoval and, and do what she did to uh, Ariana. Um, maybe she's just like, you know, ha has been able to kind of separate that in her brain, you know, and and when she's doing all these other things with the show, she's it's just it's just not registering. I mean, it, she wouldn't be the first person to handle a situation that way. And it's a, it's a fairly common thing, you know, in, in, in therapy or, you know, just like how people respond and, and that you, you learn in therapy in terms of how, why people do what they do and, and how they, you know, survive through trauma and, you know, when they access different parts of their brain and things like that. So, you know, that, that might be the only explanation um, as to why, and because it, it, like you said, it, it makes no sense. It's just like, it just doesn't make any sense how she could be, sounding so hypocritical and doing this but like it's it, it's like it doesn't register and you know that that would be my guess that there's some level of uh um carpartmentalizing i can't say the word no it's um, hard. compartmentalizing yeah. it's it's a very yeah. difficult word to say out loud i do that yeah a lot. I, like I think there's a lot of that going on with raquel and i think it's just i i i you know i uh, on some level i i really empathize with her i really do like i empathize with less with tom because I don't know. I just, he's a, he's a grown man. He's had so many opportunities and is so many, uh, you know, he's demonstrated an ability to hurt people. He claims to love so many times and maybe Raquel has too. I don't know, you know, her background all that well, but you know, she's still a relatively young person. Um, I hope that she sees this as a wake up call. I hope that, you know, whether she's at Maryville or not, that she, you know, looks at the situation and says, I don't want to do stuff this anymore. And I want to understand why I did that. You know, that's the thing that frustrated me most about the Howie interview is that I actually thought Howie did a, you know, I know a lot of people like criticized Howie because he didn't know, you know, but Howie got a lot of information out of Sandoval. Like he got a lot of tea. And at the end of the day, 
Howie got the interview. So props to Howie. But I really would have loved Howie to like push Tom on like, why did you do it? You know, because like Tom, you know, not, oh, I wasn't loved and we were living to it. That's not why, you know, like why, why did you choose instead of dealing with this relationship and ending it appropriately? Why did you choose to go behind her back and fuck her friend? And, and why, like, why did you choose this route? And I would love to know, like, if Tom has ever thought about why he's making these types of decisions in these types of situations, you know, and I would hope that Raquel would want to, to find out the same thing, because if she doesn't, it's not going to, the behavior is not going to change, you know, because at this point, it seems like, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, but I was sad. I'm sorry, but like, hey, I was, wasn't feeling loved. You know, there's always like an excuse as to why they're doing it. And to me, there's always that they're justifying it without realizing they're justifying it uh, without any like real reflection as to why are they making these decisions. And so my hope for Raquel is that she is, uh, there, that there is hope that she is willing to to take a look and and realize the people she's hurt and and make some changes. Yeah, I mean, you, you're making a lot of great points. I do think with the Howie conversation, Howie asking Tom, why did you do this would require Howie to know what Tom did. And the probably the most frustrating part in watching that interview was Howie seemingly genuinely believing that Tom only kissed someone. You know, Howie seemed to be very invested in the fact that they weren't married which yeah. is a whole other, like you can be in a significant, and my aunt and uncle have been, he's my uncle, but they've never technically gotten married, but they are life partners. They've been together for like 45 years. It doesn't, it, it that doesn't I mean, have yeah, anything to do with a person's intention. You exactly. Know? And, I mean, even Sandoval said on the interview, he's like, they were life partners. They weren't going to get married. That was the choice they made together. And so by all accounts, they were married, you know, from, from is how, is how, how he saw like, marriage tom basically said yeah we we were you know we were just living different lives you know yeah so he definitely missed the mark on that one but um yeah i i would have it would have been nice if tom was being interviewed by someone who wanted to push him on that front um but you know who knows he might not have you know been into that and the other part of it was uh Tom was in a place where he felt quote unquote safe. So he said a lot. And it's like, you know what? We're not necessarily going to get this conversation if someone's holding him accountable. If people want to know why he did this, he's telling you the ways that he's processing it, not why he did it, but he's telling you how he's processing it now, which is that ultimately it was Ariana's fault. Like that's and I don't I'm not even saying that to be a dick. Like I genuinely watched the interview. I watched it once at all different points because I it was very hard for me to focus and like sit myself down and the second time I genuinely watched it all of the way through and was like all right well this is never going to happen again he's never going to get the opportunity from someone who has such little information to not question him which I think was part of the arrangement here that it's a safe space and information does not necessarily provide safety and he told us a lot. He said the ways that Ariana did not make him feel good. He's trying to put in these breadcrumbs now as the season is airing that he wasn't happy, noting that there is a reason he's saying that. And once again, his reality does not make it the reality. Like, what's the intention behind this truth that he's sharing? And who who is to blame? It feels like he's not. He's just saying, you know, I had an exit strategy, but nobody else knew. I had an exit strategy to leave, but my partner didn't know, except she did. I mean, yeah, I mean, he used couples therapy. He he literally weaponized couples therapy to help him break up with someone. I mean, it's like, you know, he's not not a good dude. <laughs> That's the way to say it. I And so you could potentially at some point have him on. I mean, I think that would be if you were saying to Tom, you know, why did you do it? Do you think he has the capacity to answer? I don't think he's a total idiot. No, I don't. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I have my doubts, but I would I would still like. I I'm I I know I could articulate the question in a way that he would understand. Mm. 
And so at a minimum, I'd like to like present that discussion to him so that he could say, and maybe he just says, you know what, maybe I haven't really thought about it. You know, I don't, I don't know, but he might be, uh, to your point, I think he might be too far down in like victim mode now, you know, you know, mad that everyone else is benefiting from this story and he's taking an unnecessary beating. And while it's like, yeah, I, yeah, I fucked up, but like, I don't deserve this, you know, like, you know, yeah. like, um, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, uh, Tom, if you're out there, I'd love to have you on. Yeah. Um, Raquel, if you want to <laughs> come on and have a little chat, Let's talk. I do think there's a difference between intelligence and awareness. I have to say that. I don't know that it yeah. comes down to his intelligence. I think it comes down to his capacity or interest in being aware. I don't. I think Tom is probably one of the least self-aware people that have come on Bravo of recent. I, I, I think you say that very well. Yeah, I, he doesn't. Um, yeah, I agree. Well, I have to say this might be a little bit of a to be continued. Um, I I would not be surprised if we saw Schwartz on your show in the next couple of weeks to come. It, the timing of it with the season continuing at some point ending and the reunion, it could be quite a conversation. So I look forward to it. Can you tell the AGs a little bit about upcoming guests? Obviously, this week in many ways has been focused on Love is Blind. So you have those great conversations, but any kind of um, winks of some episodes to come? Yeah. Uh, like you said, thank you for the plug. We had uh, Marshall and Micah on this week uh, talking about uh, Love is Blind. Um you know, thank you, Vanessa Lachey, for for uh, making me look real good. Um, <laughs> Phenomenal, Mazel tov. But um, but yeah, so those were fun conversations. Yeah, you know, I love the passion of the fan bases. You know, it's just like you know, with Micah, the episode dropped today, and um, you know, like you made a good point. You know, I think a whole a lot of people expecting me to like want to roast Micah. You know, and it's just like you know, you can ask the questions. I don't want to make the same mistake that people got mad at uh, Vanessa for, which was to kind of show an obvious bias. It's just mm -hmm. like, you know, Micah, you know, say what you want about Micah and uh, Irina's behavior, but they they've been apologizing. You know, they're they, they are saying the right things in terms of what an apology looks like. And at this point, you know, you could choose not to believe them, but it's just like you you you. Like, that's what I didn't get, like, when at the reunion, I don't know if you watched it, but it's just like, I didn't understand why it's just like, they apologize. And Zach's like, thanks for your apology, but you're also here to be, you know, it's just like, he just kept going. And it's just like, you know, um, but they were fun conversations I have next week. Uh, I believe we have um, um, Jonathan Lowe, uh, Johnny Lowe, oh, you know, yeah, Rob Lowe's son, who is, yeah. Yeah, a huge scandal. Exactly. So um, I uh, I wanted to bring him on. Obviously, he's got a new hit show on Netflix, and he sat next to to, to Schwartz. And I thought, you know, figured we'll we'll probably get into a lot of Bravo with 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 Johnny, and then Barbara Corcoran uh, also next week. She's a hoot and a half. Yeah, she's a lovely, lovely lady. Um, and um, so yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. And then my my fiance is in front of me making uh, some faces, trying to get me to react. If you, okay. yeah. Oh, okay, perfect. She's like, we have to have brunch. Things are happening. Things are happening. Um, so that's lined up, and yeah, we'll, uh, certainly. I know. I think Lala's coming back on. Great. Um, I'd love to get Ariana on. You know, she's. You know, we'll see. Um, but um, I think she knows planning on coming on as well in the in the near future. So. Um, look, look for all those episodes, hopefully. That's incredible. And the Johnny Lowe, I mean, he is like just the apple of everyone's eye. He did such a fantastic job on that. Watch what happens. So that's going to be quite a combo. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to having him on. It should be a lot of fun. And guys, I've been teasing some special news all week saying an announcement was almost upon us and it is now here. I am so excited to be doing another only third time this has happened, three times a charm, Andy's Girls Live, a Scandaval Spritz. That's right, a live show here in New York City with live stream tickets also avail 
Thursday, May 18th at 7 p.m. at the Green Room 42 here in New York. You can get tickets on sale now starting at 20 bucks at thegreenroom42.venutix.com. And don't you worry, that link is also in the show notes for this episode and on my Instagram at Dame Galley. And my guest co-host is friend of the pod, Dylan Hafer, also known as Bravo by Betches and host of the podcast Mention It All. And it is going to be Thursday, May 18th at 7 p.m., which is the day after the Vanderpump Rules finale. So if you haven't gotten your fill of all things Scandaval with the pump teeny to boot, talking about the VPR finale, the psychology behind Bravo, and possibly a little bit of Housewives, I gotta say, you have to join us at this Scandaval Spritz. And it's going to be so much fun to meet AGs, be with fellow Bravoholics. I know we've all been losing our mind on social but let's be together and bond. Okay, bravo, bringing us together one PR crisis at a time. Tickets on sale now, link in the show notes. And where can people follow you on social? Uh, just look for me at uh, Nick Vial at Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. It's all the same, just N-I-C-K-V-I-A-L-L or uh, the Vial Files uh, on Instagram or TikTok. Incredible. Guys, uh, join the Andy Scrolls Patreon, number one way to support the podcast, exclusive bonus episodes, and so much more, including a supersized satchel spectacular featuring your thoughts and feels on all things VPR. Follow me on social at Dame Galley. Nick, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on Andy's Girls. This is quite a little bit of a AG kiki, and I think that the way that you lead and enjoy and appreciate conversations, talking about the nuance and really sitting in the gray is um, something that I love to do. So I really, really appreciate you taking the time and coming on. Likewise, Sarah, I appreciate it. All right, guys, hope you're all doing okay and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.